Big Finish sales event is going on now at Bettenhausen Ram on 159th Street in Tinley Park. Power on into the new year with the strength of a new 2022 Bettenhausen Ram truck. Your best Ram buying experience starts now at BettenhausenCTJR.com. Welcome to the Hockey Show presented by Bettenhausen Automotive in Tinley Park and Orland Park. The Hockey Show on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000, 100.3 HD2 and the ESPN Chicago app. Ready for the power play? Here are your hosts Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley. Welcome to the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 with Brian Hanley. I am Pat Boyle coming to you from the first Midwest Bank Studios in downtown rainy Chicago. We are brought to you by Bettenhausen CDJR in Tinley Park and our good friends, the Chicago Wolves. They won their 11th in a row last night. We've got a giveaway. They're the hottest team in town, Brian. I don't yeah. know if you know that. Yeah. That's stringing some wins together. That now. is stacking some wins together. Uh, the other team in town needs to uh, follow suit there. So we've got a four-pack to the Wolves' New Year's Day game when they host Rockford. I'll tell you how you can win those a little bit later on. But last night, Brian, Hawks... Hosted uh, Milwaukee. Uh, the Milwaukee Admirals were at the United Center. Eight players in COVID protocol. Every single coach on the Nashville Predators was in COVID protocol. They had to call up coaches from Milwaukee, and the Preds and the Preds played the night before, Correct. and they still won their and seven. And traveled, yes, that's right. Traveled. So, I, I expected more from the Blackhawks last you, night. You needed to expect more. And look, I get Nashville's found a way that their seventh win, right? Right. All those things are working in your favor. 19 shots, not going to get it done. No. I'm sorry. I mean, you... I, I, Six in the second period when they had three power plays. They- uh, so, you know, special teams, 0 for 5 on the power play. Meanwhile, Nashville scores a couple times on their power play. That one leaves a mark. I, I'm sorry. I don't care. You you have to win that game. You have And you have to play better hockey than you did last night. You know, Derek King saying, well, things just weren't clicking for us. Well, you, you don't, I'm sorry. You, you don't have that luxury, all right? Uh, you got to find a way to win that game. So that begs the question. I mean, is this kind of the team that they are? So since they, since Derek King took over and they won those four in a row to start, they've alternated wins and losses the last thirteen games, which is incredible. Yeah, I mean to get. I guess you look at from the uh, the glasses have full side. They got a point yesterday, being down in that third period with six minutes to go. They at least salvage a point. But look, if you want to get back into this playoff discussion in a, on a realistic level. You need to do what like Nashville is doing, going what the on a run. Doing. Uh, do what the Wolves are doing. Go on a run of seven, eight in a row. That would just get you on the the precipice of the wild card picture. So Kirby Doc scores goal, says, "Well, that's nice and all, but we've got to start stringing wins together here, find a way to do it." If I'm Derek King, and I'm going to guess they don't have a skate today, busy travel and you know game tonight, right? He needs to pull Patrick Kane over and say, "Kaner." God bless you. Um, three things I need you to do. Shoot the puck. Shoot the puck. And thirdly, shoot the puck. It's great setting to bring it up when you have opportunity to do so. Trying to sh- uh, set Jake McCabe up. 
on a on a rush in overtime, which you know, I don't know if it was a pass or as Derek King said, they're bobbling pucks. The puck got bobbled and was going the other way for the game winner. Right. Patrick Kane is shooting his shooting percentage is seven point five percent. Do a little math here. Like Murphy did a little back of the envelope math. <laughs> First eleven games, Kaner averaged five points four shots for his eleven games, right? Mm-hmm. The last 13, he's averaged three. So just over half. Okay? Mm-hmm. You you can't be the great facilitator. You know, you go wait. He's 117 on goals list in the NHL. Patrick Kane needs to get greedy. And I've I've we've we've sung his praises for being such an unselfish superstar. He has to start taking shots. When you have a two-on-one in overtime, don't try to give it to Jake McCabe. Take the damn shot. Yeah, he only had two shots on goal last night. I know he missed it that a couple of times. Um, look, there's talk about him playing with a lingering injury. I don't know how much of a part that is of the equation here and, and the lack of production. And, and, and his line mates as well. Look, he's always been a, a pass-first guy. And every every team is game planning to stop 88 first. And now maybe there's may, – actually now they might be – uh, game planning to stop 12 first. But he does have to produce more. Um, you know, I think he's got one goal in his last 13 games. That's yeah. that's not well, – we're not used to that. No, and you can't score if you don't shoot. And one goal in his last 13 is correct, two in his last 18, okay? Uh, I think only last season, same thing. He ended up in whatever it was, 56 games. He ended up with 7.5% shooting percent. Only one other time in his career has he been in single digits. So I'm not expecting him to be Connor McKnight or McDavid. Uh, Connor, uh, Connor, if he's Connor, Connor McKnight, we got some problems. We got some. By the way, Connor does a terrific show during the lockout. That was a really compelling show I just listened to. Um, but, yeah. I, by, by the way, but, have you heard Connor McDavid at the movies? It's on Carmen and Yurko every Thursday. It's on at 11.45 after uh, Connor McKnight. But I, I honestly, and I would never say this to Connor McKnight's face, but I think Connor McDavid's movie recaps a little bit better. Yeah. Just a, yeah. Just a well, he can do He can do it all. Uh, but, yeah, so anyway, I, that that's – I want to hear from Hawks fans. I think we need to hear how, how do you string games together given this roster. You know, Fleury's been terrific. Um, that – Second goal for Nashville last night. It was goes it goes off his glove, post off his rear end, right? Yes. I mean, so you get Nothing a bad bounce. Not. Yeah. So, uh, you, uh, and we have a Twitter poll: Who's been the Hawks' best player to this point? Uh, you can find it on uh, ESPN One Thousand Twitter feed, or or uh, I will retweet. I'm sure you already have. But um, you know, it's Debrinket, it's Kane, it's Seth Jones, Derek King saying his praises the other day about how he's not coming out of the lineup anytime. I mean, the guy's just been really good, uh, especially with Calvin Dahan too, and Dahan didn't get to play last night. Um, but or has it been Marc Andre Fleury? So if you're gonna go on this winning streak, uh, you need all those guys to to play, you know, bring their A game most nights. So who's been the Blackhawks' best player this season? Again, the choice is Debrinket, Kane, Seth Jones, Marc-Andre Fleury. Give us a call, 312-332-3776. You can weigh in on that poll question on Twitter. Uh, follow the show, at ESPN Hockey Show. Um, I think it's an easy answer for me if you look at the full body of work. And again, tonight is game 30 of the season. 
I would say lately, Fleury's been their best player. And then that would be over the last uh, 16, 17 games since Derek King took over. But for the season, I think it's a slam dunk. I think it's Alex Dabrinkit. 22 points in 28 games, 16 goals. And then you look at Patrick. Patrick, now remember, he he had COVID and was out for a little while. He's got 24 points in 24 games. So he's, again, a point-per-game guy. But as we said earlier, the the lack of scoring, the seven goals, is is the thing that's problematic and that sticks out. And then Seth Jones has been nothing but consistent after a rough first three weeks of the season. And again, you know, it's like it's like judging Justin Fields with this current Bears coaching regime. I, I've got to say everybody struggled the first five weeks of the season under the Jeremy Colleton experience. So uh, <laughs> the Jeremy Colleton experience. That's a very tactful <laughs> way of putting it. Yeah. So give us a call, 312-332-3776. want to get your thoughts on, you know, where is this team at? And we're going to get into it a little bit later on. They've kind of started to divulge the game plan of reorganizing the hockey op side of business. And they're thinking outside the box. And uh, we'll get into the consultant that they hired and maybe the direction that they might be going but I think if you're if you're honest with yourself and you look at this team, you say it lacks it lacks star power, right? I mean, I think Seth Jones has been an upgrade on the back end. Mark Andre Fleury has certainly been an upgrade. Now at age thirty seven, in the final year of his deal, what are his plans? Does he plan to re-sign here for two more years? Do the Hawks move him at the deadline? You look up front. Yes, Debrinkit is a superstar. Patrick Kane is right there with him. I think he's dealing with an injury. I saw someone say on Twitter this week, why when Patrick's production is down do we always blame uh, an injury? I'm like, hold on a second here. To take a look at the stats, the production, production may not be top seven in the league, but it's still a point-per-game player. I mean, that is... The mark of an all-star in this league, yeah. Uh, and, but, and look uh, who he's playing with. I mean, well, you, I, and I take that into account. That's why you have to be selfish when yeah. you have a shot. Yep, you need to take that shot. If you have a, a even a mediocre shot, you should take that shot. You need because they need goals, right? I mean, this goal differential. That's that's why you're seven, six, and one in the last fourteen when you're alternating wins and losses. You know, he can. We know what he can do with the puck, and when we see it in shootouts, I mean, he just puts on a clinic, right? I just you can't score if you don't shoot, and I, I it's, it's great setting up again a guy like Debrinket. I'll do it all day. You know, it, it, you know, you're spoiled for choice there. But last night that he should he needs to take that shot. He let's, just needs to. Let's go to the phone lines. The hockey show's most loyal fan. It is Rick. Rick, welcome to the hockey show. How you doing, bud? Hey, good morning, gentlemen. It's been way, way, way too long. Yeah, where oh, have you yeah. been? I know. I know we had some phone issues a couple weeks ago, but where have you been? Uh, the time change kills me. Ah, okay. so, Enjoying uh, the sun, you know, being, probably out Manhattan Beach somewhere. Point, yeah, just I, guess. I, w- I, w- I wish, I wish. How are you guys? We're good. good. Uh, other good. than, you know, wins, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss over the last 13. But other than that, we're fine. Yeah, isn't, isn't that crazy how that works out? It yeah. just, um, it, it's unreal. What was up with you and the Colin Collier thing last night? 
So, okay, so in case you uh, missed the broadcast last night, um, behind the curtain, we basically, we set up a text chain. So when I'm at the United Center, I got a producer back in our downtown Chicago studios, another producer that handles uh, the breakdowns for the analysts, and we we sit there and we, we decide what what clips we're going to use during the intermissions in the post game, and we do it via text. So I, I was working uh-huh. with Kaylee Chelios last night. I was okay. work, uh, and I was working with Colin Frazier. So I put those two on the text chain, the two producers, and we're going and we're on our way. Well, midway through the second period, they're saying to Frazier, Colin, have, well, you didn't get the doc breakdown. Why don't you have the doc breakdown? Here's the number I have. And the guy reads off the number, and I'm like, oh, shoot. That, that's, <laughs> that's Colin Cowherd's number. So then I text Colin. I'm like, hey, bud, sorry for the last hour and a half of, uh, of hockey <laughs> breakdowns and texts. Wow. Yeah, so... Uh, so that's what happened last night. So if you see him in Manhattan Beach today, uh, you know, he saw more yeah. hockey clips last night on his phone <laughs> than he has seen in the last two and a half decades. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes yes. sense. Well, well, cool. Well, hey, I, I'm, I miss talking. Go with um, Mad Dog on... tonight, will you? <laughs> yeah, that Mad Dog. Come on now. Hey, um. It, yeah, it's been interesting. We haven't talked. We talked right before the coaching uh, change was made. And, um, you know, I really like the authenticity of um, Derek King. Yeah. I think that's been that's been interesting. And I think he is what you see. Um, and not to say that Colleton wasn't, but I just think that Derek King is a little more like he's just I feel like he's very grateful to have this job. Um, it'll be interesting. I, the other thing that I wanted to um Notate to you guys is the Hawks are now doing a, a GM search. Are you surprised by that or not? Um, and then my player that I think is most important or that I'm, I'm most excited about is uh, um, Alex Dabrinkit. I think that he is kind of like the next phase of superstar for the Blackhawks. I think he's the most exciting player. I love um, the way that uh, Caleb Jones is playing, but, um, you know, I think that Alex is, is a phenomenal player and brings a lot. Um, I think he's been getting more physical this season as well. I agree with that. Kind of, it feels like this is what I feel like is um, it's almost like he's kind of taken more of a leadership role. Um, And uh, I don't know if it's going to be the changing of the guard or not. We'll have to see, but guys, I really miss talking to you. Merry Christmas, happy holidays. And we'll hopefully talk. There's no show next week, right? Uh, no, we're gonna we're gonna have a show on Christmas Day, but uh, I don't think you'll be able to call him because we're gonna we're gonna do a little radio magic. We're gonna we're gonna tape that show. Call Colin Coward. Yeah, we're gonna, if you got any hockey questions, just uh, <laughs> head down to Manhattan Beach and ask uh, Colin. You know, and he'll probably tell you he'd like to see Patrick Kane dribble the puck more. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree, <laughs> gentlemen. All right, Rick. Have are, a good one. Care, Thanks. Thank you. you. You're the two of the best. Thank you. All right, well, a lot to unpack there. We'll get into the Blackhawks GM search on the other side. This is The Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. The Hockey Show, presented by Bettenhausen Automotive. Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley host Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. Listen on the ESPN Chicago app, on the FM 100.3 HD2, and on ESPN 1000. The Hockey Show. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Hayes wins a draw here to Stillman. 
Walks right to the dot. Snaps to center. Oh, what a play! Stillman to Tave. A tap in. Ronnie Stillman made all that happen after Tave won the draw. The captain, Jonathan Taves, scoring his third goal in four games last night. It was the equalizer late in that third period. The Hawks salvaged a point against the Nashville Preds. The Preds, the one in overtime. Tanner Genot. You know what I mean? He was <laughs> the game winner, and the Preds took it 3-2. to two. Brian Hanley, Pat Boyle with you. Hey, Brian, your poll question... I was just looking at uh, the early return. So the, the poll question up and running right now on Twitter. And again, you can follow the show at ESPN Hockey Show. Who has been the best player for the Blackhawks so far this season? We got a tight race going here. So your options are Debrinket Kane, Seth Jones, and Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, do you care to guess how it is dispersed right now, the votes? We have a three-way tie. Pretty much. Debrinka, 29%. Kane, 29%. Flurry checking in at 28 but uh, you may have even updated, and they may all be at 29 That's pretty uh, – you don't often see that in uh, one of our ESPN 1000 poll questions. So um, where would you vote on this one, Brian? I did vote, and I voted Marc-Andre Fleury because okay. there have been a number of goaltender wins. I'm with you. I mean, Debrinka – you know, where would you be without his scoring? Because you, the team doesn't score. That, that's a problem, yes. Yeah. But where would you be without Flurry's great goaltending of last month, uh, give or take? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's both spoiled for choice, but kind of in, indicting, too, that you mentioned right at the top of the show. Not enough star power, right? The fact that people are having a difficult time discerning the best player to this point in the season for the Blackhawks, you know, tells you why. Well, doesn't tell you why the Jeremy Carlton experience ended early because they couldn't win a game for the first few weeks. Um, but of late, they're a squarely 500 team. And that's because night to night, you're either hard pressed for scoring or your special teams don't come through. Um, but I think Mark Andre Fleury got my vote. Yeah, I I, uh, I told you I sided with Debrinket, but again, you talk about what Fleury's done since Derek King has taken over. Eight and four record, a nine thirty save percentage, a goals against around two point two. I mean, you can't argue with those numbers. Those numbers are fantastic. And again, even like last night, uh, first goal that, that's one he should probably stop. There right. were two that he probably, and I know he was upset with them in the Washington game. But he still gives you an opportunity to win every night. And it's amazing. He doesn't let those types of goals uh, define the way the game's going to go for him. He ends up making like five spectacular saves. So you're like, well, that makes up for the, the one questionable one the early softy, on. Yeah. yeah so uh, he's, he's been nothing but fantastic. We had a caller, Rick, before the, uh, the timeout. And uh, he talked about the front office and the fact that they're looking for a general manager. They're actually looking to restructure their hockey ops department. And this past week, according to Saint Frank Saravelli, they hired sportsology executive Mike Forty or Mike Ford as a consultant to assess what's going on in their their hockey operations department and advise them how to improve it. Now his background is uh, English Premier. Uh, soccer, and then also the Blackhawks leadership team, 
with Jamie Faulkner and Danny Wirtz. They're speaking with leaders in other major professional sports. So they've even reached out to uh, Cubs general manager Jed Hoyer, or now uh, baseball operations president Jed Hoyer. And uh, so they're looking outside the box on how this hockey ops department will be structured going forward. So I think the hiring process, first they're, they're trying to figure out how they want to structure it, and then you're going to try to start finding the pieces to fit that spot. And I applaud them for everything they're doing. Uh, you know, first of all, I'm sure Tom Ricketts has signed off on Jed, uh, lean, uh, you know, lending his expertise, but where I scoff and laugh at the, the Bears, you know, George McCaskey picking up the phone to call one of the Roonies or the Maras, you know, the old school families who've owned football franchises almost as long as the McCaskies, you're thinking about what can we do to bring this, you know, update our front office to the best standards in the, in the business, right? Mm-hmm. So you're picking young minds, you're picking analytical minds, you're, you're, and, and, you know, let's be fair, they're, they said the, the, the reports are that Kyle Davidson is going to get a very long look too, and why wouldn't he? You know, sure. like what he's done so far. So anything you can do to make your organization better and, and have outsiders take a look and, and give you what, you know, what's worked for them is I think business is business and structuring a, a corporation or structuring a, 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 fr- a front office or, or, you know, an organization's hierarchy. I think it all translates, whether it's, you know, baseball or hockey, you usually want smart people. You want people who, you know, know what they're looking at. And, and again, you, know, you look at Brian Pace when, when George and Ted Phillips said, well, Ryan and, and Matt Nagy are, are football people when they dismissed the idea of bringing in someone to oversee them, um, that didn't give anyone any confidence given the results over the last six, seven years. So I, I, I like the idea that you're casting a wide net and you're taking um, as many opinions as you can get and sorting through them and then making tough decisions. But it shouldn't be just a layup to, to go stay in house and you should you know, talk to as many people as you feel you need to talk to before you think you have a, a final pool that you can select from. 312-332-3776. You can also watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. And, of course, on the ESPN Chicago app. Let's go back to the phone lines and uh, let's welcome Brian into the show. Good morning, Brian. How are you doing today? Doing great, PB. Love, love the show. Quick question for you guys. Sure. If, you know, Flurry's pedigree is, is unquestionable. If they keep spinning their wheels here up to the deadline and they decide to move them, what's the reasonable return for for a guy that, you know, got his his history and is, you know, looks like he's in pretty good form right now? All right, Brian, I think we go back to what the Blackhawks got for Robin Leonard uh, last year at the deadline. And it's almost a similar situation. A guy that's been playing well, obviously Flurry's a little bit older than Robin. And, uh, you know, he was on an expired. Well, let's see. Did, was he on an expiring contract? Yeah, I think he oh, yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. was on an expiring contract. He had turned down even. Right, right, right. That's him, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He had turned down. And he ends up, uh, the Blackhawks got a second round pick in the Robin Leonard trade. So, and they had to do a three way trade with Toronto just to, to, to uh, disperse some of the money. But uh, in essence, they got a second rounder for Robin Leonard. And then Subban came back to the Blackhawks. And, of course, Subban has moved on. Uh, So I think 
I think you shoot. I think a second rounder is is realistic for Mark Andre Fleury, depending on how you package it. If you put another player in there as well, uh, that is a value. Uh, you, I could see you get maybe you know a late first round pick. Yeah, you said second. Our guest last week said first. I thought third, and if threw Strom in there, he might get a fourth. Um, but I uh, given and also you got to remember, Mark Andre Fleury has what ten teams on his list of uh, no thanks. I don't want to go there. Yes, um, so, so he'd have to play ball with you as well. Um, I think second is is pretty spot on. Could you get help immediately and not go for draft prospects? Can you find a, a top six forward, or is that you know, or do you just need to? Look to the future. Well, and, I mean, and keep anybody building. that's going to be adding a goalie, and we're talking teams like Edmonton, Colorado. Right. They're going to be teams that are that not think, gonna get... yeah, they think they're a goalie away or an upgrade in net from winning the Stanley Cup, and they're not not going to probably trade depth forwards. Uh, well, unless you can, you know, facilitate a third team and get creative there too. Yeah, and, you know. or or if it's a team that's up against the cap and they they to bring Mark in, Mark Andre Fleury, they need to move a $4 million yeah. forward or something like that of value, then, yeah, you would consider that as well. Uh, you know, coming up next, we're going to talk to Eddie Olchek. Speaking of Marc-Andre Fleury, uh, Edzo was Fleury's first head coach in the National Hockey League. We'll get his thoughts on what he has seen from this team as of late. And they're back in action tonight against the Dallas Stars. But first things first, we've got a, a giveaway for the Chicago Wolves, a four-pack to the Wolves' New Year's Day game when they host the Rockford Ice Hogs. They've won 11 straight. So in honor of 11 straight wins, we'll take the 11th caller. Tyler Aki will grab that for you, and you will win a four-pack to the Wolves' New Year's Day game against Rockford. By the way, tickets are available for tonight. Uh, it is superhero night uh, at the Wolves game. So you put on your favorite superhero outfit, Brian Hanley, I'm wearing it now. Are you? (laughs) What are you going with? What's your superhero on a Saturday morning when you're doing the hockey show? Yeah, I'm I'm Spidey just because of Spidey. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll be back with Spidey and Edzo (laughs) on the hockey show coming up next on ESPN 1000. You're listening to the hockey show presented by Bettenhausen Automotive. When you're at home, don't miss Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Kirby Docks with it. Kirby Dock shoots. Save made. Save set up and tapped in. They score and the Hawks win. Caleb Jones, who got the game winner the other night against the Washington Capitals. Welcome back to the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. Brian Hanley, Pat Boyle with you each and every Saturday morning at 10. And it's uh, my pleasure to bring in the voice of the Chicago Blackhawks, the analyst on NBC Sports Chicago and TNT. He's the one and only Eddie Olchek. How are you doing this morning, Edzo? Hey, PB. Hey, Brian. Nice to be with you guys. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Hope you guys are well. Uh, Same to you and to the family, Eddie. Uh, Let's just start with last night. You know, Derek King called it a flat effort. I I expected more considering what Nashville was going through having played the night before. Yes, I know they won, but again, eight guys, uh, regulars out of the lineup, the coaching staff uh, completely in COVID protocol. 
and you, you know you get one of those performances where it's you know six shots on goal period and they're getting power plays and not much is happening. Why, why do you feel the offense has been tough to find for a, a good chunk of this season? Well, I mean, let, let's start off with just kind of last night's game, PB, if we can. I mean, look, you're going to have you're going to have a game like that. You're going to have games like that. And look at under under Derek King, the Hawks have had very few of those type of games where it just you know just wasn't in sync, right? Look, you got to give Nashville credit. I mean, they're a wounded team, and sometimes those are the most dangerous teams to play. I don't care what level you're playing, uh, teams that uh, are banged up and. You know, assuming everybody's counting them out and no coaches and whatever, but you know what? Sometimes the rally of the troop mentality and this team has been playing extremely. I don't think anybody thought that this team would be sitting at what? What do they have now? Thirty-nine points or whatever they got in the division. I mean, I think most people peg them probably being you know fifth or sixth in the, in the division, and, and here is here where they are. So look, you're going to have games like that. And last night it was tough. It was tough to generate. And Nashville's always been a checking team. They're never going to really outscore anybody and. And that's what happened last night, at least from you know being up top with uh, with the great Pat Foley on our call in NBC Sports Chicago. But you know, I think to the second part of your statement or question there, PB. I mean, yeah, it's been a battle. I mean, it's been a struggle to to find the back of the net all season long. And you know, I think the if, if it hasn't been Kaner, if it hasn't been the Cat, uh, it's you know it's it, it, it's been a battle. And and, and under Coach Derek King, they've been way better defensively. I think, and I made that comment last night during the broadcast. Is you know they're not chasing as much, and I think the the one area of the ice that they've really improved on and been ten times better under Derek King than they were under Jeremy Colleton was the neutral zone. You know the area in between the two blue lines. So that part of it has been a real positive but again i think the the consistent generation you know generating of, of offense has, has been a struggle and they've been in a lot of low scoring games and yeah you know they had the crazy game against washington they had the game against toronto so i think you know you start getting into games like that pb and bry where you you know you do you do get you know four goals and five goals and then you know you start feeling a little bit better about yourselves but over the course of the season it's it's been tough to get to that you know three goal plateau and you know, look, until recently, the, the lack of uh, the lack of generating through the middle of the ice has really been a sore spot, right? I mean, Johnny got off to a really tough start, but he's been playing really well here as of late. You know, Kirby's kind of found his game offensively. I like that line last night with with Kirby Doc, Mackenzie Etwistle, and Dominic Kubalik. But you know, the center ice position is is so key to driving offense. And when you look at the really good offenses in the National Hockey League. You guys can go up and down the rosters right now and go. Okay, look at the center ice position. Like yeah. you need to get, you need to get them to generate. Whether they get points or not, like you know, points are what they are. But you got to get that position to be able to generate and help. Now, the other argument is, and people will throw it back at me, is, is okay. Well, when you're on a line with Patrick Kane, he is more like the facilitator and and what have you. But you know, there's only so much that you know that 88 can do and. I think it kind of goes all hand in hand, but you know, last night was just one of those games, PB, where sometimes it isn't there, you know. And uh, that's you know, look at they got a point, which was great, a face-off win by Johnny, and then a great play by Riley Stillman. But at the end of the day, um, you know, as, as Coach King said, it just you know, it was a flat game, and uh, you know, but if you can have if you can have flat games and get one point out of the flat game, <laughs> I think most coaches will tell you that uh, you know that's a pretty good bump. Hey, Edzo, uh, yeah, I, I love that 
Patrick Kane's the unselfish star that he is, but mm-hmm. I need him to get greedier now because he's just not shooting enough, and and this team needs him to start generating goals and not just assists. I don't know what you think about that. And the, the second question I have for you is when you have kind of a, a Jekyll and Hyde power play and, and Derek mm-hmm. King has tinkered with it, is it more – in your experience as a player and a coach, is it more chemistry or is it more talent uh, that you have to find to, to get the thing being more consistent? Yeah, I mean, I think the P- the PP part of it first, Brian, it's great to talk to you, pal. Um, I think being a power play guy and, and, you know, and having coached a long time ago, I think to to run with the same power play unit and, and, and almost let yourself work yourself out of it, of whatever the issues may be, is to just let them go and let them work themselves out of it. And then there comes a point where you do have to tinker, and, 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 and Coach King has done that, right? Like He split up Kane and DeBrinket, right? Your two best power play guys. There's no, I don't think anybody would argue that point. Um, but they were split up for, for a period of time. So you get a little bit more depth on, you know, you get a little bit more depth on your power play on both your power play units. So you sit there and load up and go, okay, you know what? There's a lot of power plays doing in National Hockey League. And for the most part, when the Hawks' power play is going, they take up, you know, 88% of the power play, you know, two-minute power play. So they're going to be out there for, you know, the majority of it. But it's uh, it's, uh, it's a streaky thing. And when you're feeling it, um, it's uh, there's nothing better. And I think that any power play, not just the Blackhawks power play, but is when you try to start passing the puck into the back of the net, that's when uh, – you know, issues occur. And I think if you can establish a shooting mentality, and I thought last night for the most part, and I'm, and I'm leaving, I'll leave the Kane part of this to the second, you know, to your original question there, Brian. But, you know, I think that when you do establish that shot, and I talk a lot about it, is establishing a shot from the middle of the ice, and then that will open up the flanks, that'll open up the sideboards, that'll open up the bumper play, all those type of things. But, you know, sometimes penalty killers do a hell of a job right and and they don't give you a lot and when the lane is there it doesn't matter who it is is that you got to go ahead and find a way and it does come down to entries um you know i thought the first power play unit last night they had some good entries i thought that they did you know a lot of things that they wanted to do but except finish uh, the second unit had a tough time really getting to the zone it was almost like they refused to dump the puck in they were just going to try to either skate it through people or or what have you. So again, it, it wasn't a great night on a lot of fronts. But when it comes to Kaner, I, I mean, he he has become a th- a dual threat uh, over the course of you know probably the last six to eight years. Where I don't want to say it's fifty fifty, Bry, but the numbers will tell you it's probably like you know a fifty eight forty two where Kaner is going to pass or and and then shoot right. And but I think early in his career he was much more heavy pass than shot and when he is shooting the puck it opens up so much more and you know look at he's 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 one of the best players that we've seen in the national hockey league in a long long time and you know just sometimes the you know the decision isn't correct or maybe he's just trying to look for that perfect play or he's trying to be that you know that unselfish patrick kane or be one of the top three passers in the national hockey league a little bit more but Look at nothing wrong with getting greedy. I think I mentioned something about that in Toronto the other night in that in that uh, in that tough loss to the Leafs, where I think it was yeah, a week ago, I guess tonight. Is just you know there was a chance for him to go ahead and just you know grip it and rip it, old John, you know John Daly like right, just go ahead and, and let it go and and just bypassed it. And you know whether it's a veteran guy like Kaner, a future Hall of Famer, or a young player like you know Mackenzie Entwistle or Kirby Doc. 
is that you got to think about it. Like in a game, now Kaner is probably the exception to what I'm going to say because you know he gets a lot more ice time and he touches the puck more than anybody on you know pretty much on the Blackhawk roster when it comes to the forwards. But it's you know how often do you get the puck on your stick and there's a lane to the net? You know, and I'm saying within you know 40 feet, within 30 feet, whatever it is, and just sometimes that hesitation, that just not reacting right away, that lane closes down extremely quickly or there's somebody in your back pocket. So uh, I can't argue your point about, you know, wanting him to shoot more. I mean, I, like I said, he, he's got such a deceptive shot and he's got such a great release. But, um, you know, more times than not, it's going to be like, shoot, shoot, shoot. Oh, great pass, Gainer. Way to go. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the way to do it. And I'm sure there's been a couple of hundred times that I've been doing the games and just, you know, while Pat's calling the game, I'm sitting there, you know, wanting Kaner to shoot it. And all of a sudden he makes some miraculous pass there and the puck ends up in the back of the net. Yeah, that's the play right there. <laughs> but but I, I, I understand what you're saying. Look, when your power play is, you know, look at it, man, the power play went, you know, went really well there for, you know, for a stretch here to last, you know, prior to last night. Um, just feeling it and finding guys and, and no hesitation at all and just making that next right play. And I mentioned it last night, guys, real quick. I mentioned it about Dylan Stone. We were just kind of talking about, about Bill a little bit. And you know, I said, like, he's one guy that, you know, over the couple of years, you know, that he's been here and, you know, obviously being in and out of the lineup and well-documented is that, like, on the power play, it's so important that you have the guys on the power play that have the ability to make the right next play and a guy like Dylan Strong seems to me anyways from up top on the power play is that when the puck does get to him he seems to be able to make the right next play where sometimes the play gets to somebody and all of a sudden it's just like oh geez you know what do I do or you know and then all of a sudden the pucks are on the boards and then you know all hell breaks loose so uh, making that right next play is very important on a power play and when you're struggling all coaches will say look at we're not trying to pass the puck into the back of that. We're just going to get the puck, and when the lane is there, we're going to shoot it, and then we're going to retrieve it, and then we're going to do it again, and then those, all, all those other passing lanes will open up. Last one for me, Edzo. Uh, among the many hats you wear, not only NBC Sports Chicago, TNT, uh, also Olympic coverage on NBC. With the COVID situation that we're currently dealing with, with Calgary, Colorado, Florida already having their games postponed through Christmas, uh, we've got uh, every province in Canada handling things differently as far as allowing crowds. Uh, we saw Montreal play in front of no fans the other night. Uh, do you, what does your gut tell you as far as the NHL going to Beijing? Do you, do you think it's going to happen? Man, I mean, I, I, I mean, I think it's a flip of a coin, really. Look at, I think the, you know, look, I think the world we're living in, right. literally, the world we're living in will dictate what ends up happening. You know, I mean, I know ultimately you know, the players, you know, will, will, will make that decision. Um, you know, the player association, I should say, um, but you want everybody safe, you know, is, is it, is it, is it prudent to be able to go there safely, keep, you know, keep the athletes safe, perform on the highest stage and then get them out of there and get them back that, you know, that's, that's what it comes down to, but the health, you know, I mean, I think just, you know, the society and, and the conditions that everybody are living in is, is, is it, uh, is it worth the risk? You know, right. that's what it comes down to as an athlete. And look, I, I was lucky enough to represent our country at the Olympics in 84. And again, I was an amateur, so I was playing when it was an amateur, you know, we, we were amateurs. I should say every other country was, you know, was professionals. They were getting, they were getting greased, you know, the amateurs were not, but it's, uh, 
I think that the players, it, it's certainly weighing on a lot of guys that I've talked to, many, many uh, you know, Olympians and guys that would be going if, if, if we do go. Um, you know, I think that uh, there's there's some hesitation for sure, and, and you know, what if, right? Like, what if you do test positive over there? You know, like, are you gonna, you know, are you gonna get stuck in China for three weeks or whatever the number is going to be? Or, you know, and you know, uh, so those are those are all the questions I'm sure the players and the player association and the National Hockey League. But I think, unfortunately, like the world we're all living in, guys is. Uh, the virus is going to dictate, I'm sure, the decision that ends up being made. And uh, I think, what is it, January 10th, PB, I think, yeah. is when yeah. they got to make a hard decision. So, you know, look, I think right now, I think, you know, the National Hockey League, all due respect to what the Olympics, so right now, I think the National Hockey League, all they're worried about it right now is the 32 teams in the National Hockey League and trying to keep everybody safe from players, coaches, trainers, staff, to the great fans, the best fans that we have in all the sports and, and, and get the games, keep continue the games. And I know we're in a tough situation right now with a, with a handful of teams, but um, yeah, the unknown right now, it's, uh, it's kind of got a little scary and, and very unpredictable, but um, all we can do is just try to navigate and go day to day. Stay healthy, Edzo. Best to uh, you and the family for the holidays, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. You guys too. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, people. Thanks, Edzo. That's the one and only Eddie Olchek. We'll come back and wrap up the hockey show. Coming up next on ESPN 1000. This hour is brought to you by Northwestern Basketball, Chicago's Big Ten team. Coach Collins and the Cats host DePaul at Welsh Ryan Arena. Tip-off is set for 2 p.m. Arrive early for pregame tailgate outside Welsh Ryan. Uh, that game was uh, postponed because of COVID. So uh, they're playing, I think, Michigan State next weekend. Anyways, to get tickets, make sure you, you go to nusports.com. You're listening to The Hockey Show. Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley host Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. The Hockey Show. Presented by Bettenhausen Automotive. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Final moments here of The Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. Our thanks to Tyler Hockey, Jake Cantu. Uh, thanks to Eddie Olchek for joining us as well. Thank you for uh, calling and participating. And we got breaking news. Uh, of course, we're on an hour-to-hour basis with uh, dealing with uh, the COVID variants. What, what's the latest in the NHL, Brian? Well, you, we were just talking to Edzo about the Olympics, but in the here and now, and you mentioned PB, the number of teams that have had games postponed and, and a couple now tonight as well. The league and the NHL Players Association just issued enhanced protocols. I know yesterday after the game or during uh, before the game, Derek King talked about how lucky the Hawks have been of late, and maybe they have to be smarter on the road and not going out to restaurants and such. Well, now they can't. Uh, part of the new enhanced protocols, mask wearing at all times inside club facilities and during travel, including charter planes. Apparently, their charter plane companies were complaining to the league that some teams were not adhering to that. Um, you cannot go on the road. You can't go to restaurants and bars. They're open to other people. Um, masks at all time, restricting access to the locker room, uh, player bench area, uh, daily testing for everybody. So it's getting real. Virtual meetings are only brief in-person meetings in well, large ventilated spaces, and even team meals, uh, spacing, you know, social distancing, uh, allowing uh, a, a empty chair or two in between each player. So 
it's uh, they don't give a duration, but we know how much it's it's going through everywhere, and and everyone knows somebody who has it right now, right? So, um, it's not being left up to the teams. They they will you know. Here, here are the rules from the league, and they're much more strict than they were last week. Yeah, it, they've basically gone back to what uh, yep. the situation was a year ago. So it's it's hotel, home, rink, rinse and repeat, and uh, really no social interaction other than that. Um, stay healthy, Brian. We'll uh, we'll talk uh, for our Christmas show next week. We will do that. Coming up next, it's Fred and Xander. They'll take over from uh, 11 to 1 o'clock here on ESPN 1000. Thanks to our sponsors, Bettenhausen, CDJR, and Tinley Park. And, of course, the Chicago Wolves won their 11th straight last night. And uh, they are in action tonight. Saturday night is hockey night in Chicago. That's going to do it for the hockey show on ESPN 1000. We'll see you next week on Christmas for the next edition. Take care.